welcome back to is a vision i really hope you guys are enjoying the coming to america season i've put in a ton of hard work and i'm really proud of it but i hope you guys are obviously enjoying it so today i have mike oliver he is the director of the saint mark's community education program and that is where i volunteer i help teach the citizenship course um, for those of you who don't know to become a citizen of america you need to pass a civics test so that's what we do we help them with the information uh go through the interview and hopefully once they get called once people get called to go in for the interview and take the test they pass with flying colors and become citizens and i know i brought a lot of people that um personally have come to america have struggled and have been able to survive in this country but I wanted to bring in someone who is behind the scenes and highlight people that are helping um, immigrants and refugees thrive. And Mike is one of those people. He shares his story about how he got involved with St. Mark's, why he is so inspired by immigrants, why he chose to help this community out. And he also goes into detail about how St. Mark's came to be, what he does, and he shares his vision for the future, which I think was a really beautiful one. I hope you guys enjoy and stay tuned for Mike Oliver. Before we begin, Mike, please introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Mike Oliver. I am the director of St. Mark Community Education Program in Dorchester. I've been the director for there for eight years. St. Mark Community Education Program um, has been around for almost 20 years in various forms. Its main business is we, we do English classes and citizenship classes. Mm -hmm. So St. Mark's isn't affiliated, like religiously affi affiliated with anything. It's just the, the program itself. Uh, all right, so let me, I can tell you the brief story. I'll give you the clip note version of St. Mark's. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so St. Mark's is, St. Mark's is a real place. St. Mark's Church in, is in Dorchester, on mm -hmm. Dorchester okay. Ave, uh, not far from... Uh, this major road called Wells Ave. Uh, for those of you, for those of your listeners who know about Dorchester, it's between Shawmut and Ashmont Station. It was a project uh, of, of a priest, a fellow named Father Dan Finn, who was an activist priest. He was a very rare breed fellow who believed that uh, the church is not a building, and the community around him is where you should be doing your work. Mm -hmm. um, in that section of Dorchester which had been traditionally a Irish um, product, other, other, other white ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. And it was a high voting precinct in the city of Boston. It was in the early, in the late nineties, middle nineties, late nineties, it was beginning to change. People were moving out mostly to the South Shore. Immigrants of all stripes were moving in. And at the time, Dorchester was an inexpensive place to live. Not so true now. <laughs> I so attracted a lot of people, a lot of families, a lot of folks, and it had a diversity of immigrants. And what was happening in the church, the Catholic Church, St. Mark's Church, there were um, a mix of immigrants in, in the masses. Mm -hmm. And mostly the, a lot of Vietnamese, because they had been moving into Dorchester since the 70s, right after the Vietnam War. And there were other groups, of other ethnic groups, the Spanish, for example. Uh, so uh, some parishioners got together in the late 90s and uh, felt that their mission to help people learn English. Mm -hmm. So they would hold these informal uh, English sessions uh, after mass. 
on the Sunday Mass. That morphed uh, after a few years into a, a larger effort where the parish was doing uh, photo registration drives. Mm -hmm. And, in, and it, in, in doing so, it found out a lot of people weren't registered to vote because one, they weren't citizens, and two, they didn't speak English. Mm -hmm. So in response to that, they began organizing parishioners into a, for a larger effort. And they also enlisted the aid of this organization, which is still around, but has a new name, the Irish Immigration Center which has been around for a long time. Uh, it's now called the Rian Immigrant Center. So with the partnership with the Rian, uh, Irish Immigration Center, they sponsored citizen, uh, citizenship uh, application assistance, helping people, citizenship information sessions to learn how to become a citizen. They, they retrain volunteers to fill out applications. They, op they did application assistance workshops. Mm -hmm. And they also did some immigration clinics for people uh, if they, regardless of what they were applying for, or whether they were applying for citizenship or not. Um, and that relationship continued for many, many years, actually. Uh, it continued even when I was, when I got the job eight years ago, in the, in the first four or five years of our being there until uh, it ceased because, um, for a number of reasons. Anyway, um, we left in good terms, however. Uh, so, uh, so the big volunteer effort mounted in the late early 2000s to expand uh, the services they were providing. Mm -hmm. They were training uh, volunteers to become teachers. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, they were looking for money. Mm -hmm. And they found some. In 2003, they got a seed grant, from the parish got a seed grant from uh, an organization called English for New Bostonian, which is still around, in fact, still gives us money all these years later. Uh, and in 2005, the parish decided that very few people are gonna to give to churches. Mm -hmm. So if the organization is to survive, it should become its own 501c3, okay. which happened in 2005. And that's where the official name came into being, St. Mark Community Education Program. Before that, it was known as the St. Mark's Parish English Program. I see. Or something like that. So anyway, um, so that sort of launched us. And we, we had, uh, for the support of the Father Finn, we had uh, use of the space of the spaces in the church. The church or other, there was a, the old St. Mark's School. Mm -hmm. We had the back of it. We had four classrooms in the back, which was called the Annex a beat up old building. Uh, it was drafty in the winter and hot in the summer and the windows were cracked and <laughs> everything and the toys wouldn't work out at the time. Anyway, we had space there. It was our space for many years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had an office in the basement of the rectory. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a computer room as well. Uh, so we had a nice cozy relationship for a number of years. And then uh, the archdiocese decided to move people around. So, and Mother Finn, uh, was tired of doing, at the, <clears throat> what was happening in the, ch uh, the Catholic church in this area was they were consolidating churches, you know? So you weren't responsible for one church, you could be responsible for a couple of churches. So this St. Mark's church was sort of put into a, what they call a collaborative with a church up the road, 
called St. Ambrose Church, which is mainly Vietnamese, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, now it is, nowadays. He didn't want to be administrator of two churches, so he was happy to go. Okay. So he left, and a new person came on who didn't have quite the same worldview that Father Finn had. Okay. He was more insular in terms of how, uh, how business should be conducted. Mm-hmm. Anything in a church building had to be a parish program. We were not a parish program any longer. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, uh, what do you do? Well, it depends who you ask. <laughs> um, if you ask. So anyway, to make a long story longer, we ended up leaving St. Mark's. Mm-hmm. church yeah makes sense and so like you were saying before st mark's would do more immigration information and some english classes now like even i'm a part of the citizenship classes st mark's now does english citizenship and you guys are connected to different groups that do more le- legal side of inf- of the immigration right or am i wrong we connect with people yeah connect we connect we have uh you know there's several organizations in the city that uh, really have uh, do a lot of immigration work, mm-hmm. and we know all, we know everybody. Yeah. So we have people that need lawyers for one reason or another. We can send them to places. Mm-hmm. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And you said while you were telling me the St. Mark story that you got involved eight years ago. Is that correct? Yes. How yes. Did you, so what is your? So you were the director. What does the director of St. Mark's Community Education Program do? Like, what do you? What is your day to day life look? Much like? change a lot. <laughs> when we were <laughs> in the old days, when I we were at the St. Mark Church in the in the building, uh, I as a director would do a variety of things. One, write grants to try to get money to keep the place going. Mm-hmm. You know, hire teachers, supervise teachers. Mm-hmm. I'd uh, plunge um, the toilets if they got stuffed up. <laughs> <laughs> Wash the floors. Wow! I clean the boards. Uh, organize groups of people to paint the rooms, mm-hmm. uh, interact with lots of different groups, schools, for example, in like Northeastern and UMass, and put together the program for the year, you know, in terms of the English classes, when they're going to happen, advertise the English classes, help train volunteers for various things. Wow, that's a lot of things that you... A lot of things. It's like, you know, one on, one on, as, they, yeah. as the expression goes, one on paper hanger. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, how... Like for those of you, like podcasts are not visual, they're just audio. For those of you who don't know Mike, he is a, an older white gentleman. How does an older white gentleman get involved with the immigrant community? Like how did you find yourself in this space? Like what called you to the space? Older, older white gentleman, God, I have to consider myself a gentleman and I'm not quite older yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. However white is, white, white's, white's true. Well, Isabella, I've been involved with immigrants for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40, 30, 40, I don't know, a long time. Uh, and I don't know, as long as I've been in adult education, I've been working with immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, first in uh, Boston with an organization called ABCD, then a place in Cambridge uh, for three years. Uh, a while ago, I was the director of a Charlestown education program in Charlestown. Mm-hmm. I worked with immigrants from the housing project. Mm-hmm. Um, just been doing it. Yeah, but but huh? why? Like what? Why? Yeah, did because they're interesting people. Oh, why I know not? that. <laughs> why not? 
Did you go to school for education? I went to school to teach little kids. Uh huh. I didn't do very well with that. Um, I went to Wheelock College. Mm -hmm. I went to BC first, and I went to Wheelock College. I had these aspirations, like everybody who graduates Wheelock, to work work in schools and work with kids. And you ended up in the adult community. Yeah, because it was easier. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't cut out for it. But immigrants, now to be truthful, though, I mean to really, uh, to be more serious, I've always found immigrants fascinating. There are people that come to this country for a variety of reasons. Some is because the country they lived in no longer either exists. For example, the Vietnamese in the 70s and 80s, early 90s. You know, many of them, were, they, there was a country called South Vietnam. Mm -hmm. In 1975, there was no longer a country called South Vietnam. It was all the North. So it was all one and was controlled by the North. So they escaped many, 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 you know, a lot of the people we deal with in the early days, I dealt with the early days, did not come on an airplane, you know, book an air, a flight to come here. You know, they escaped somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we had, I, uh, they either escaped, either they were escaped, but they were over mountains to get from one country to another, or they were boat people and got themselves on little rickety boats and would sail down to the water and with hopes that there'd be a bigger ship waiting for them to pick them up. Um, so, you know, these people are inspirational, mm -hmm. one thing. You know, anybody who picks himself up, you know, nowadays, we get, most people that we deal with are caught an airplane, came here. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still inspirational because think about what it takes to pick yourself up. You know, and, you know, you're in college, you're graduate college, and you, know, you had a minor experience of that, of leaving your house and going to college or another place. Mm -hmm. and what was involved with that? You know, getting used to a whole new place, you know, new environment. Mm -hmm. Imagine leaving your country where you grew up, mm -hmm. all the people you knew. Um, what if you had a job? You might have had a job there. It might have been a very good job, possibly. Mm -hmm. You pick all that up and you come to a new place. We do, don't you? Well, you know, some people, because you're coming here, you know, you're being sponsored by someone to actually come. So you'll have some kind of, and these days now, it's not like you're coming with nobody. You know somebody. And there's usually a lot of somebodies. But still, you're picking up and you're not going home. Well, I mean, you go back to visit maybe someday. Once you get established here, you go back to visit your family or wherever. But you're changing everything. You know, the, the well, and you try to hang on to what you know, but you can't hang on for, to everything because we're not that country. We, you know, we may have vestiges of that country, but we are not that country. You know, there's a whole new culture. There's a culture here that's very different from where you grew up. Uh, so you've got to you've got to try to get your feet yourself in that culture mm -hmm. in order to survive. Now, sure, you can like in Dorchester, for example and some other places. You can come to Dorchester and not learn any English if you're Vietnamese and survive. Mm -hmm. I mean, your world is very narrow, mm -hmm. but we have Vietnamese restaurants. The health center has Vietnamese interpreters. Um, any, all the major hospitals in the area have Vietnamese interpreters. The bank, and the bank in Fields Corner that has a Vietnamese teller. Mm -hmm. The post office occasionally has some Vietnamese workers there. Uh, in the city government, there's a Vietnamese liaison. So if you have 
questions about city services, you can call this a person who can answer your questions. Mm -hmm. uh, there are lawyers that speak Vietnamese, there are accountants that speak Vietnamese, there are travel agents that speak Vietnamese, uh, there are Vietnamese markets. So you could exist without knowing any English. Yeah, and it's like you live in Vietnam. <laughs> you leave Dorchester though, welcome to America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to learn English. We had a very, we had a fellow in the English class, you know, we're doing, I was subbing yesterday in the English class. Um, with a, it's a level two class we have. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, what I was asking them is, why are they taking this class? You know, useless, you know, it's a new term, you know, we've been a month in. Mm -hmm. And so I went around the room and everybody had something to say that most of them were similar answers, but one fellow, a Spanish fellow, the only Spanish person in the, of a class of 20, Vietnam, 20 plus Vietnamese. Good guy, he's been around, he's been on our programs for a while. He, you know, he, said, it, he said it right, well, he said, where I live, I'm fine. You know, he lived in part of Dorchester with a lot of Dominicans. Mm -hmm. I go to, like we're talking about me, like Medford, where I live. Mm -hmm. Or I go to Cambridge or Brookline or somewhere. They don't speak Spanish. Yeah. You know, I got to talk to them in English, right? If I need to talk to them for some reason. And I said, to the Vietnamese. I said, the Vietnamese, you're, you're fine here. And if you, you know, in Dorchester, you can get away, you can get away with it. <laughs> you leave, you come to Medford, you're in trouble. Well, people at the post office don't speak Vietnamese. People at the banks don't speak Vietnamese. We do have some Vietnamese nail salons in Dorchester Medford. <laughs> But if you don't go to one of those, you're, you know, you've got to know English. Mm -hmm. so, so you have these people, you know, who are, you know, and this is, this is the history of America forever, you know, from the very beginning, picking themselves up, plucking themselves down and trying to make a living, trying to make a life. And we haven't always been nice to these people. You know, in fact, lately we are not nice to anybody these days who are different from us. Yeah. But these are the people that, are, that you can, these are people that you should be inspired by. Mm -hmm. Most of them, not all of them, you know, some of them, some here, you know, it depends who they are, but you know, they, they're, they're doing something you, you wouldn't normally do. You, I don't know how many people would actually want to pick themselves up and go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're wealthy and you have to retired and say, oh, I want to go live in Italy or I want to do this. That's not quite the same. Yeah, <laughs> Not the same. It's a lot different. Um, so yeah, so I guess that's what I've, I, I guess that's where it started. Um, I can remember one of the first job, one of the jobs I had, I mean, a lot of jobs, I, I mean, one of the first people I ever met, uh, I was in this program at ABCD, uh, long story, but it had a, mostly, it was, it was set for people mostly who would, were, had dropped out of school because of busing, it was 1980. Wow. And Boston suffered through busing in 1975, which was very ugly. If you ever look at videos of it, you would think you were in another country or in another region. How could that stuff happen in the city of Boston? Well, it did. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, this, this particular class had a mixture of people, mostly from the area. There was one guy, a couple of guys, one guy particularly I always remember. He was from India. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of interesting to, to learn about the economic differences in, from India to Boston. 
In India, his family had servants. This is 1980, this is a while ago. When he moved to here, he ended up in a housing project in Brighton. <laughs> Quite a difference. <laughs> well, anyway, where some of the people in the that class failed to move on because of the they were the, the racial disparity and the prejudices and this and that, and the, they were locked into a way of thinking that really was detrimental to them moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. This guy had no such shackles. He grabbed for everything. It, the program was electronic. It was training people to become electronic technicians, mm-hmm. which was the big thing in 1980. This guy took advantage of everything he could. He finished the program, got a job, went to Northeastern, got himself a degree in engineering. I haven't seen him in years, but I, the last time I saw him was like several years after the program and he, I ran into him. He, was, he, he bought a house in, in Newton Corner. Wow, it's incredible. You know, they left the project. So, uh, so he sort of embraces the American dream where you know, immigrants come over here they, and they take advantage of an opportunity and they move on. Mm-hmm. He, he made an oppression. Another group that made an oppression was in, in later, much later, sometime in the Middle Ages. I was working in Cambridge. It was a program where um, it was a cable technician program. That's when cable was big. That's when cable first came on the scene. All right. And these new positions were created called cable technicians. And never before, you know, mm-hmm. the class had a mixture of people in it. Uh, and there was a group of them who were refugees from Vietnam. And in that mix of people, there were some army, former army officers and some regular soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they had stories. Whether they have stories, we'll curl you here, how they got here. Uh, but they, what impressed me about them is they had the long view. Mm-hmm. Now here they had, like the army officers, especially, they, they had a privileged life in Vietnam. You know, they were army officers. And, you know, he was this one. This one particular guy was a captain. Mm-hmm. Now they had a lot of prestige in being a captain in the army, I would, I would imagine. So here he was, and the group that was with him, they worked at McDonald's. Because yeah. his job, they needed a job, they worked at McDonald's. They all worked at McDonald's. I think not all of them worked there, but many of them worked there. And they would work as many hours as they possibly could. But they weren't going to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, it, that wasn't the end point for them. Mm-hmm. That was a stop along the way. Mm-hmm. These people had a goal. I have no idea where they are now, but these, all these years later. But they were going to go somewhere. You know, the cable technician was a stop along the way. Mm-hmm. Then who knows where they were going to go from there? All right? Yeah. And you have a lot of, you know, a lot of white, you know, and that's in contrast to when I was, you know, working in the city about years ago. A lot of people there who live from the city, they just couldn't take advantage of it. They couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't get out. You know, they, they didn't know what, how to grab something and how to move up and how to, how to just go, for, go look at the long view. They wanted immediate gratification. It's not, not having me right the second, I don't want it, you know? Um, yeah, I can see now that you share your stories and your motivation, I can see why you were attracted to this field. Um, and it seems like it's held you on so far. You're still working. <laughs> You said one time during class that you'll, you're going to work till you die because you don't know what else you would do if you don't work. Um, but it makes well, me- As long as, you know, as long as I get paid. And yeah. um, 
There'll never be a shortage of immigrants. Never. People are always going to come here. Mm-hmm. And think of what's going on, on the southern border right now, you know, with the Haitians coming up. And that's big, big, big major controversy. Mm-hmm. Why are they coming? I mean, they, they've, been out of the, they've been out of Haiti for years, some of these people, like Costa Rica and other countries. Why are they risking their lives crossing this area between Panama and Nicaragua? Why, you know, why are they doing that? And why are they ending up here? Why does anybody want to come here? Because they think that they can make something here. This is a country that will help them. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, I don't know if that we, we're not living up to our promise here. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I mean, it will help some people if they, you know, but we're not going to have everybody. So best thing that we can do is give them the tools to move on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the citizenship class that you're, you're volunteering, mm-hmm. what does that do for them? Well, they become citizens. They... They get, they get, they get, they get, they get the key to the, yeah, the safe. Oh my gosh, I, I say like, because I became a citizen because of my parents, and I say that although America isn't perfect, my life is completely changed for the better as soon as I became a citizen. Even though I see so many faults in America and how many ways it could be better, becoming an American citizen literally changed my life. So that's what I hope to give to other people and. Um, I'm yep, sure well, appreciative of your work too. Well, you know, and people like me, and you know, I mean, a lot of organizations that do what we do, we're all doing it for the same reason because mm-hmm. we believe in the promise. A lot of people don't. And there's a lot, like I say, there's a lot of people out there who think this country belongs to them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't because we, we, you know, we were stolen from the people that did live here. Yeah, that's true. So some people are under the delusion that this is their country and it belongs to them and they can keep anybody out they don't want. Mm-hmm. you know um, but it's not true mm-hmm. we are richer with the experience of having people from different countries here you know people from different countries bring ideas and ways of life and thoughts and opinions and this and that that we don't have here mm-hmm. and uh, we should content ourselves with just the people around us mm-hmm. You know, we're limiting ourselves. So we should seek out people who are different from us, mm-hmm. not be afraid of them and embrace them because they can teach us things, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, we can teach them. Yes, that's true. We do teach them things and they are grateful for it, but they teach us. You mentioned a lot about the promise and like your reasoning for why you do this. And no. The, the name of my podcast is, is a vision. So my name is Isabella. So the is a from the beginning of my name in vision and okay. vision ties into the question that I like to end the podcast on, which is what is your vision for the future? You can take it however you want that question. You can take it for yourself, for your, your family, the people around you, society, earth, however you want to take it. So what is your vision for the future, Mike? How far into the future, Isabella? forever <laughs> like long maybe even after long after you're gone what do you hope will be well that's a great question i'm not sure if i have a, a, a brilliant answer for you but a couple of things to think about um one thing that we a vision would be a vision for me would be if we have a world where people don't feel compelled to leave where they live mm-hmm um, and they can they can live their lives comfortably and positively, positively and whatever they how else they want to live their lives, 
where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a hope, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen in our lifetime or any lifetime for that matter. So the best we can do on that regard is to welcome everybody who does come here mm-hmm. and you know, see their value and uh, embrace them and learn from them um, and realize that it is who is here now mm-hmm. that is the country. And the, the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can start moving forward in a very positive way mm-hmm. uh, and stop, taking, you know, stop making it difficult for people to be here. So I think my vision is that I think that would be it. And to close off, how can people find St. Mark's? Can they Google it? Where are you guys located? I know a lot of things are virtual now. But how well, can- the, best, the best thing to do is go to our website, www.st.mark.com. Marks, S-T-M-A-R-K-S, E-S-O-L, dot org. Beautiful. And you find all kinds of information. And somewhere on the website, there is a contact us form. Mm-hmm. And you can contact us and send us to me an email or, and we'll, you'll get a response. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a great, it's a very good website. You'll get a, you'll get a flavor of what we're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, we welcome people to come know know about us we're always looking for volunteers of various kinds uh i think it's a transformational experience i'm sure isabel you can you can attest to that absolutely there is only a few other greater joys than finding out someone passed their test and that they're now a citizen of america there you go really great experience and what we promise people and we use something a speech i always give especially when we did in person classes now we're sort of getting back to that now mm-hmm. i would tell prospective volunteers no matter what your day was like before you got here, you'll leave with a smile. That's true. That is true. Even now during virtual, it's there hasn't been a bad class yet. I've always had fun and learned a lot. Like even I've learned a lot from the students, from the information. Um, so I did. I recommend to anyone and everyone to volunteer um, at St. Mark's. Right. Well, I appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you for giving me your time. I know you're a very busy person with like. Classes, probably tons of meetings. Right, but the good thing about it, Isabella, I don't clean the toilets anymore. Oh yeah, the floors, and I don't race the boards. Right, there you go. There you go. So I've I've, we've moved up. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you enjoy this episode, please give this podcast five stars, leave a nice review, and follow Isavision on Instagram at. I-S-A-V-I-S-I-O-N underscore. Thank you and have a good one.